welcome to the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. And today we will be discussing episode one of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before diving into that, uh, it's been a while, guys. How you doing? Uh, I think my accomplishment for the week was watching the Snyder Cut in one sitting. That's quite a feat. I applaud you. <laughs> yeah. How did you find it? It is <laughs> okay. We're starting out on a side. We're starting out on a side. This is gonna. This could be good. It is light years better than the theatrical cut, which was atrocious. You know, it, it was all weeded up for the theatrical cut, and I was very pleased that Snyder took out all the butt shots of Wonder Woman. That made me happy. Yeah, that that's that that makes me glad as yeah. well. I liked the, uh, I liked all the added stuff with Cyborg. I like the Flash, even though I had some issues with the way he was filmed. Because there is so much slow motion in this movie. I mean, <laughs> if if you got rid of all the unnecessary slow motion and sad people walking around in the rain, it could easily be a three-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> just speed it yeah. up, then. It, you know, it's just, <laughs> there's little things that bothered me about that. Like, with the Flash. Maybe it's you know the engineer in me. But when, wow. when we first see his powers in the movie, it's slow motion. He is in slow motion with things in slower motion happening around him instead of us being moving with him at normal speed. You know, at what you know, we're at would be move. We would be moving at his speed. So that yeah. would like give you a baseline as to how fast he is. They didn't do it like they did with Quicksilver. No, because yeah, that's how you know in what's, the X Men movies, you're moving with Quicksilver at his speed. As opposed to moving with like Professor X yeah. and Magneto in that kitchen right. scene. Yeah. So either he's, you know, he'd be, a, instead of him just being a blur or being moving with him at, you know, his speed, he's in slow motion. And it would have worked better, I think, for future scenes if we had had that baseline at the start. Because there's a yeah. scene where he fights Superman and Superman starts to speed up. And if okay. we were, you know, if it was, you know, Flash moving at, you know, if we were at the Flash's rate and Superman started to speed up, I think it would have been a lot more scary. Instead right. of slow motion Flash with a slow motion Superman you know, building up to a faster slow motion. Oh, Jesus. And then there's a scene at the end where he's going you know, faster than the speed of light and messing with time. And that would have been the perfect time to have slow motion Flash. Because you could say, see, something weird is happening this time. Oh, jeez. I feel I feel like just talking about Flash going up to like the speed of light. I, I feel like I want to read more about yeah. that. <laughs> Which Flash? Is because it that again? sounds like a Barry Allen. Barry Allen. Okay, he's adorable, and he is getting his own movie, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a cool, cool as hell power. Yeah, he he is a fun character. Because like, uh, I'm I'm the kind of guy that like back in the sort of late '90s, you know, I was I was hooked on like the. Christopher Reeve Superman. So there's that one scene where he goes super fast mm. and he reverses like the, <laughs> the flow of time. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of that... forever scented, cemented me as like a superhero fan because mm. it was just dumb fun. Yeah. Dumb fun is always yeah. good. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of fun in this one. Oh. And <laughs> never mind then. Yeah, the Flash is fun. This this isn't fun. And you know the the washed out color because mm. God forbid we should have any color. Confused my television. There's a black and white version, which just he just took out the last ten percent of color. (laughs) But it confused my television. 
it, the TV kept, even though we turned off the autocorrect, it kept trying to compensate for the lack of color and it was trying to make it more vivid and failing. Oh no. Like the, the yeah. color cast would like yeah. flip and we're like, what, what is going on? The TV was like, no, this can't be right. <laughs> I'm going to help. Does that, does it do that? Does it do that thing where um, like, cause my, I'm pretty sure my iPad does it when it gets like a scene that's too dark, it just brightens the screen slightly. It, it, and I'm it just was, like, please it was brightening this. it and changing the color cast. Ooh, Try, trying Ooh. to get some color my, on the screen. My my computer would do that with the Daredevil. Like mm-hmm. it would try and brighten it, but it wouldn't switch the colors around. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, as a New Gods fan, I did spend a lot of time screaming, mother boxes don't work like that at the TV. <laughs> I'm like, Jack Kirby I, I, is rolling in his grave. Mother boxes are nice. They're, they're not MacGuffins that are world destroyers. It's like a super powerful Siri that loves you. I'm, I'm glad because I don't think Siri loves yeah. us. But yeah. <laughs> I, I was I, like, I, yeah, again. Why? Why would you do that all to of the this Mother new Box? God stuff as well. All, all of the New God stuff just makes me want to read New God. It's gods. so weird and, and great. And Mother Boxes don't do that. But still, uh, at least the movie made sense. Well, that's good because it did not yeah. make sense before. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like you go on Twitter, which is you know obviously yeah the, the it has a lot of polarizing views, but I, I think actually the general consensus is that it is a better yes. movie. But most people are not acknowledging whether it is a good good movie. movie. <laughs> so <laughs> so you get all these reviews that say, oh, it's a vast improvement on the twenty seventeen version or whenever it came out, and then but they they just fail to sort of say if it is actually right. good. <laughs> like, I I. I'm really laughing at that, yeah. and that made it just you know Rotten Tomatoes has done quite is is, mm. is suggested is quite good, but um, but the, yeah, you got to look at you got to look at the the ratings though because you know three out of five is still a tomato. Yeah, yeah. true. It, it's just it's very very long with a lot of stuff that could have been left on the cutting room floor. Really, all he had to do was he could have made it the original length without have the stuff he entered in there. You just need to un unscrew up what Whedon screwed up. Yeah, but I think I think the the more interesting thing is, uh, to me, is the fact that people are seeing this as a brand new movie, which usually you'd be doing in like a theater environment. Yeah. You'd be going there, you'd be making a night of it, you'd be spending. You know, I don't know what cinema prices are there Expensive. in the US, but for me, it's like yeah, <laughs> for me, it's like go there. It's twelve pounds a ticket. It's like another twelve fifteen pounds for food. And, you know, so it's a good... Oh, this is why you sneak the food in, Adam. You put it... <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy cinema popcorn. But you know what I mean? It's like you go in there, you spend nearly $30 on popcorn and on and the ticket. And it's quite a big investment for just an evening's entertainment. Whereas this one, you're paying for a subscription to HBO Max. Um, here in the UK, you're paying uh, for Sky TV. So it's not as big an investment. So I wonder if that kind of has an effect on people's view on it if that makes sense, because they're not having to invest that much time and that much effort into it, other than being able to pause it to go to the toilet during the, well, <laughs> during well, the movie. See, there's no problem with that in this movie, because somebody can be sad and walking in the rain, and you can go to the bathroom and come back, and they're still sad and walking in the rain. When you come back. <laughs> slow motion when you come back. There is so much slow motion. 
but <laughs> but yeah i just i just wondered if if being able to be in the comfort of your own home um affects your enjoyment mm-hmm. of something I, I i don't know i mean it's it's, it's talking about psychology in that point and that's way over my head so <laughs> well you know i i enjoy things more i think watching them at home because my trip to the theater isn't being disturbed by people talking next to me people kicking my seat it's in the comfort of my own home where i can you know just focus exactly yeah and and you're gonna have all your favorite stuff they can have a lot cheaper cheaper snacks and all that sort of stuff and (laughs) you i i feel like you're already at a point where it's already slightly better and i'm only getting interrupted by a dog that wants to go outside at you know the most dramatic points of the movie <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but you can pause yeah. it. You can pause the slow mo. So, oh, uh, and you know, the weird thing too, though, it, I think it was a strange choice to do it in the IMAX aspect ratio when you know it's <laughs> going them, straight yeah. to the TV. Maybe it was shot that way. Think before the pandemic. Is that do we know? No, no, it absolutely it? was. But it, but I, IMAX is shot in a four three, so you get way more height uh, scene. Yeah. yeah, get way more height into a scene, so it gets converted into whatever aspect ratio it is for a TV. I can't remember, but um, which is why I thought four three is used because it, yeah. It just, it just you just get more information in it, and then you can scale it back down to a uh, I think a two K image if you need to summon all those lines <laughs> yes I, I figure at some point when everything goes back to normal they're going to put this in imax oh absolutely i think there's going to be a lot of that for a lot of movies yeah yeah it, it's uh it's, it's a real shame that the kind of the movie industry has just got to take that bigger hit and uh honestly i cannot wait for it to come back to be honest yeah. with you <laughs> i agree oh and just one more gripe you get a glimpse of okay. Granny Goodness, and she is way too tall. I, I certainly hope that's they're going to recast it for the New Gods movie. That's sad. Is that that's just a, a cameo? Yeah, it's isn't a cameo. It? It She's kind of blurry yeah. and in the background, but it's obviously Granny Goodness. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I know I know um, I know a few people on Twitter have had a few kind of gripes about the the character sort of turning up and nobody referenced her. Yeah, she, she, she's like... just like there and too tall. I mean, she, she should be Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah, she, that, that that's was like a, that's the a, dream a, yeah. casting for Granny Goodness. You know, that's a, and that's a good point because um, I think a few people have have suggested, uh, you know, in the nicest way possible, they've said that Granny Goodness in in the Snyder Cut was too svelte, um, and that's probably that's quite a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Actually, I think, um, yeah, yeah, that's that is right. absolutely not the character from the. Comics. For some reason, you're saying Granny Goodness, and I'm thinking Madame Gal from Daredevil, and I don't know why. <laughs> The biggest question is, will you be rewatching it when the noir version comes out? <laughs> Wait, what? They're bringing out a black and white version oh, yeah. this week. Yeah. It just sucks out the last 10% of the color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon you'll be watching no. that one? <laughs> is it going to be any extra improvement, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> Snyder Cut, I mean, make your own decision on it, I think. It's, um, it's finally out. Go and watch it if you want to. But uh, I've, I've, uh, in other news, I've started reading Fantastic Four from the start. How's that going? It, it's I'm not even at issue twelve yet, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I started last week. But I'm I'm really enjoying it, and I'm I'm really surprised because back when I started reading comic books, I was very much into like uh, very realistic kind of comic book art. But now I'm very much like looking at these old 
oldie timey <laughs> comic books. I'm thinking, you know, I really there's something really nice about them just to go through and read and um yeah, the early days Fantastic Four are really good fun. Um, you know, you, you got the introduction of like the Mole Man, uh Doctor Doom, Namor, yeah. or reintroduction of Namor at that point. Um yeah, it's just really good fun. It's really harmless fun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and when they're all locked up in their individual cells, that was really fun because then it's just Johnny going, Oh, the walls are made of, as- of asbestos. Like <laughs> Yeah, you won't get that these days, will you? <laughs> Yeah, it's all on Marvel Unlimited. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the majority of it is there, and I'm just going to read it in sort of, you know, the epic collections. I'll read it in sort of those volumes. Oh, cool. uh, so basically, b- books twelve. It's all it's all going towards my Goodreads reading challenge. Yeah. So, hey, what's your Goodreads reading um, challenge? Enlighten me. Did I miss out on this one? Uh, so on Goodreads, you can set your number uh, to how many books you want to read in 2021. So I've been doing it for the last couple of years now. Um, and basically I set it to an, you know, pretty much unachievable number. And then I cut it down at the end cause I want to achieve it. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> um, last year I said it's 200, but I went and got to 150, uh, cause I include comic books in that this year. I've said it's 150 again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 62, 63 books through at this point. I guess. But Very good. well done. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a bit of a binge for fantastic four. So. <laughs> As you guys know, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna be reading that. Need to catch up on the slot run. I, I, I'm really surprised because if you'd spoke to me ten years ago when I started reading comic books and had no interest in the Fantastic Four, if you spoke to me then and said, "Hey, you're going to be a big fan mm-hmm. in ten years' time," I'd be like, "Nah, it's just a boring family, isn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one one thing that was really interesting to me actually was the portrayal of the thing. Mm-hmm. And early days, Fantastic Four. He's very like him and Johnny are kind of how do I put it? In in the early days, Johnny is the the kid of the group, but mm-hmm. Thing is very much the hot headed, jumps into things before he thinks person. I feel like they've kind of shifted slightly. Oh yeah. Um, that's that's very nice to read. Like uh, you know the oh Johnny gets hot headed pretty fast though in the early Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I've 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 been rereading since issue 45 for an appearance on the tomes of evil podcast i'm going to do in a couple weeks and yeah johnny is still a hothead though yeah he he absolutely is but i think i think the thing his portrayal in the early days is nothing like his portrayal in like you know the dan slot run where he's this he's mellowed yeah and he's his old age (laughs) he's like he's this hugely caring father figure now and back then he was you know just as hot-headed and just as kind of you know jump into things without thinking um style that that johnny seems to still be in now and uh that's really it's really nice because i was reading the backstory on how fantastic four originated in stan lee and and how he wanted to portray him and he was like they just gotta be a normal family and uh by normal family he means that you're always gonna have arguments and you're always gonna have people uh, odds with each other and uh yeah, it's it's really good fun. So I, I cannot wait to get up to the the Inhumans books. That'll be fun. And you know, it, rereading the old ones too. I just want to slap Reed most of the time <laughs> for the way he talks to Sue. Oh like, God! Why yeah. Did you even marry him? Oh God! Yeah, that is a really good point. Like literally, the young the, lady. Uh, oh, it is. It is oh. pretty bad. It is pretty bad. It's like what, what? Like a really good quote from from Doctor Who is that the past is like another country. 
like different mm-hmm. cultures, different customs and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just thinking, I'm reading this. I'm like, wow, times really have changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still looking forward to the, was it 60 years coming up this summer? Is that really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. 60 years. So can't wait for that. I just, I'm just going to carry on with We're it. We're going to have 50 so. years of Mockingbird this uh, June, apparently, but I don't know if Marvel's actually going to do anything about it. I have gotten through half of my uh, Spider-Woman Volume 2 from the original run. Well, it's the Masterworks Volume 2, but it's Volume 1 of Spider-Woman. And uh, yeah, really good. Highly recommend it. Don't really have much to talk about on it because um, I know you guys. That's all I talk about anyway. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you should read it. But um also, um, the other thing is a lot of people are hopping mad about Captain Marvel this week. So <laughs> if you've been on Twitter, you've probably been seeing a lot of discourse about that. And I'm just kind of shaking my head because much like uh, when people attack Dan Slot for the things he does, y'all got to let the, the, the story arc play out before you get mad. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. I'm sure she had a magical time. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely just to comment on that though if you if you want to if you want to see um some other exploits of dr strange uh go and read savage avengers because it's friggin hilarious and dr strange is an absolute horn dog yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> from what i understand he, he and electra have been having a good time <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's friggin hilarious reading that and i'm just like I, I you guys i've mentioned it to you guys previously i'm reading savage avengers and i'm just thinking what the fuck is going on and it's just like it's just it's just dumb dumb fun again it's just dumb fun <laughs> yeah i need um, to start reading that one <laughs> it's uh yeah because it's conan and it's like the return of conan and all that sort of stuff it's it's really good and and dr strange is fucking dr strange man <laughs> <laughs> But right. anyway, should we move on to the kind of the main thing of the podcast? We saw Falcon and Winter Soldier aired on Friday um, and it's been very, very yeah. good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was really angry at the end, which I think was their intention. <laughs> yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So uh, I guess episode one was called New World Order. And um, it really was kind of the dawning of a of a new age almost because it's uh post snap or post second snap when everybody came back and how many months after this is it, it after the after the return of everyone i'm not really sure like six months I've, yeah i've seen posts on face uh, yeah. facebook and twitter that suggests that I mean, basically i think the the return snap came in like 2023 i want to say mm-hmm. and this is set slightly later maybe early 2024 so it takes place after one division like chronologically, because WandaVision was weeks after, wasn't it? Must have been. Who knows? I hopefully will, I, I I still I still want Marvel to produce like an up to date timeline of everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because this one was supposed to come out first, right? But it. Yeah, because this was supposed to come out just after uh, Black Widow was first, right? But then, yeah. well, was it? It was, but they it was supposed to come out after Black Widow, but with WandaVision, it sounds like it takes place within like weeks of the snap to maybe a couple months. And then this sounds Mm. like it's even further past everyone coming back is what it sounds like, but I could be getting the wrong impression. I think the idea of no Steve Rogers of Captain America for me is a pretty sad one. Um, But it was a really great way to kind of open the, the episode and Sam absolutely should not have given up that shield. Like, come on guys. No, what I, what I think happened (laughs) is they probably poked at Sam and poked at Sam for months and months after 
till he. I, I, I don't necessarily. I, I think it was his own. No, I you think self doubt. Fed into that though. I just think he needs to get over his imposter syndrome real fast. Yeah. 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 Because he mentions the comment that he made at the end of Endgame where he's like, it feels like it belongs to somebody else. It's like, yeah. take the shield, Sam. <laughs> Come on. Right. <laughs> and, and speaking of which, if you do want to read about um, Sam Wilson's Captain America in the comics, the all new Captain America from 2015 was very good. So uh, Torres um, in the um, TV show is Joaquin Torres, who uh, carried the mantle of Falcon while Sam was Cap. Um, He's currently a member of the Champions, but uh, I think they aged him up for the show, it seems like. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old he is in Champions. I thought he was like 19. Yeah. He he could be, but he does feel a little bit older than that. Maybe mid-20s. Yeah. In the the show. Yeah. Um, He's still... But can I say... No, Sorry, he's still definitely on. on the younger side, but I don't think I think he's older than he is in the comics. That's all. Just kind of in that yeah. aged up area. But anyway, sorry. But see, they're they're already setting it up for him to be Cap. Yep. Yeah, the successor is right there. Yeah. <laughs> but can I say that those scenes with Falcon flying through the desert were just—they like, were so good. I <laughs> so well done, and in my opinion, it's like legitimately one of the most movie quality TV, you know, movie quality TV scenes, and it's just fantastic. Like just the way it was done, it was very reminiscent of like Iron Man, and you know, in most most of the movies where Iron Man featured, they just did the POV stuff on him as opposed to on you know any any other character that could fly. Very good that they followed him. <laughs> yeah, although I I'm not sure the the, the scene from Ant Man would count as that as a POV from Falcon. Although I think it does a little bit. Yeah, um, I think I think that was probably one of the few places in t- in in the movies that they actually showed his kind of ability and his his yeah his flexibility as a character. Um. Also, from the interviews I've read, um, apparently Marvel did not spare any expense for this movie. It had a full movie budget for this series. So nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad they put the money in. So I would expect a lot of the episodes to be like the first one. When you look at all that sort of stuff, that's exactly kind of what I want to see in the behind the scenes. Cause I just want to know how they did those flight scenes and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, it was a good introduction to the LAF and the flag smashers with an appearance from the one and only Batroc the Looper. I was so glad they brought him back. I was very happy. Oh my God. I was like, yes. <laughs> Last scene. In- and he lived to leap another day. <laughs> You know, because fighting in a tight space really isn't his forte. It would have been a shame to kill him in a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, it was so nice to see because like the last time we saw him was in Falcon Win- uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which is what like uh, six, years, seven years ago now. She's crazy. Yeah. I'm so I'm so glad they got the same actor back as, as well. Yeah, me too. I yeah. guess when Marvel calls, you don't really say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> at least these days, anyway. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, speaking of the LAF, that's a vast improvement over the name of this terrorist organization from Uh-oh. the comics. And uh, and what was the name of the terrorist organization in the comics, Lynn? <laughs> Their ultimatum, which might be the worst acronym in comics. <laughs> the the underground liberated, totally integrated mobile army to unite mankind. <laughs> oh god, it's incredible. Somebody worked really hard on that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, but, hurts. Uh, that really it's, it's, hurts. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny. That does not trip off no, the tongue. It's not no. <laughs> it's like poetry. Come on, guys, like poetry. <laughs> no. It's, oh. Repeat that acronym one more time. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are the underground, liberated, totally integrated mobile army to unite oh, mankind. It, it sounds like it sounds like when Team Rocket introduced themselves in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes. So, do we know what LAF stands for? Because I didn't catch that. I don't think so. Not yet. Okay. Um, but obviously, they 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 nicknamed themselves the Flag Smashers. So, and the Flag Smasher being named after the the uh, Marvel character Flag Smasher, um, which is basically a character that follows the Red Skull's ideal ideals. Um, it's just a it's just a Nazi, basically. And it's it's interesting that, but we will come to that in a second. But yeah, that that I, I think the entire the entire scene with Batroc and the sky gliding and it, it just, looked oh, like geez, squirrels. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not the brightest, are they? You know, you're you're up against a guy with wings, and you just got your sad little flying squirrel costume. It, it's 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 literally like, um, you know, Falcon. In my opinion, has probably got more flexibility than what like an Iron Man suit would have. Like the stuff that he did was incredible, and then and then you go up against guys that are literally in these sky glide suits, and it's like, eh, you're bright yellow wings and you know you're easily see easy easy to see in a <laughs> desert situation you're not exactly blending in <laughs> but i tell you what i something that intrigued me and interested me was the flag smashers and what they believe in because the suggestion was from torres was that the flag smashers believed that when the blip happened it was a you know a better place a better world because there was more open borders and more access to kind of free movement which is, you know, something that I personally also believe in. I don't believe in, you know, borders necessarily need to be a thing. It's interesting because it would suggest that the five years that people were missing, everybody was much more lenient with allowing people to to roam freely across the planet. And it, it's a really interesting situation to have, I think. But still, it's no excuse, no. you know, to be a terrorist. Rody, when and sorry, I'm gonna jump into the next point here, but it was one. It's good to see Rody again. But two, Rody kind of made a point of when he was talking to Sam about who was it better for when all these people were gone. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. all depends on your viewpoint because for some people, having half the population gone made everything worse for them, and then the people who can took advantage of that for them, it was better. But it, it really depends on who it was really better for. Yeah. And and that's the thing, it's like the whole open open borders kind of thing makes sense provided you're not a terrorist organization. Because being a like okay, so real world example is that the UK used to be a bit a part of the EU and the EU naturally has freedom of movement. It has, you know, prior to Brexit I had the ability to go to twenty seven other countries and retire and work and all that sort of stuff and live. Giving people the ability to go to different places without having to do tedious kind of form filling all that sort of stuff, sort of stuff is great, but yeah, terrorist organisations leading with that, you know that it's for more sinister reasons, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued where the flag smashers are going, and I'm, I, I can only assume that it's going to kind of follow the Red Skull kind of ideals or flag smasher flag smasher ideals. But yeah, it was nice to see Rody. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I brought that up a little earlier, but I wanted to make the point because Rody made a really good point in that conversation with Sam, I thought. And also, um, I don't think Rody was very happy that Sam gave up the shield either. Oh, but, no. But I no. absolutely was so happy to see him. That was awesome. So I hope we yeah. see a little bit more of him. I, don't, I hope that wasn't the only episode we see Rody in. 
Hopefully not. And I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, these, these TV shows are going to do stuff to like set up the other TV shows. Oh, absolutely. Well, he is going to be in Armor Wars. So, yes. yeah. Which I am greatly looking forward to because Rhodey is one of my MCU favorites. How can you not love Rhodey? <laughs> it's just it's just that scene in Endgame, isn't it, where he's just like, you know, why don't we just go <laughs> to him before he's born and or just as he's born and <laughs> best scene of any movie, right? <laughs> yeah. well, uh, Don Cheadle's fantastic. He absolutely is. Like oh. I, I did I, I I had never really heard of Don Cheadle much before the MCU. And uh, and then I remember going back and watching like Fresh Prince, and the fact that he was in like early episodes of Fresh Prince, it's just like okay, <laughs> this actually, guy's funny. This it, this is a recast that I'm glad happened because I think he is a better roadie than the original roadie in Iron Man one was. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I think Terrence Howard is a it was an interesting choice. I think Don Cheadle is yeah, he's a much better choice. But then again, Terrence Howard only had one movie, so. You know, who knows who knows what he could have turned into really yeah but they recast um, him because he was too expensive yeah yeah they did yeah but, so. but the, the other thing i really liked was the comment about symbols and um you know sam basically saying we we looked at his symbols are only as like powerful as the people that put you know put their faith into them or, or can't remember the exact quote should have written that down really but um i find that quite an interesting allegory to the whole marvel boom that's happened in the last sort of um sort of what 13 years the fact that we put in so much like interest into these characters and we kind of like you know we love them for what they are and that kind of stuff and it was a bit of a i feel like it was a bit of a two-way sort of meaning there but equally you know uh, the, the actors that play these characters are also pretty important and and in the mcu sam clearly doesn't feel like he can stand up to steve level but we all have faith in him uh we absolutely know yeah. he can and that's why say, that's why Steve picked him. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Steve Steve had complete faith in uh, Sam. Right, and if anyone deserved that shield, it or it, it was Sam. And I I truly do believe that they found out Sam had the shield, and they were they were they spent a lot of time trying to convince Sam to give it up, to give it up, to give it up, and then Sam finally did give it up, thinking he was doing the right thing. And he's soon going to find out it's the wrong thing because yes, because it's like you know. When they put it, the shield away, it's like, okay, so when the black guy has the shield, they're okay with putting right. it away. And then MAGA Cap shows up, and his the look on his face is just heartbreaking yeah. when he sees that on yeah. TV. Yeah. And I, I, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here, because obviously we know that Sam manages to get the, uh, the shield back because all the trailers show him training with it. Right. So, yep. yeah, I'm... I'm really invested in this show already like yeah. it's it's been so good and mm-hmm. but yeah i mean that that's more or less all like the falcon introduction from the show and that was it was it was great yes. um i think that then the winter soldier theme returned right so and the winter soldier theme yeah <laughs> winter soldier himself returns um and i'm just going to say the theme itself the winter soldier theme is probably my absolute singular favorite piece of music out of like the entire mc it, it is really good adam and it was probably my favorite until captain marvel came out um but uh i feel the um music uh in falcon and the winter soldier makes the show feel more like a successor to captain america the winter soldier than civil war did if that makes sense yeah i have many things to say on that subject but (laughs) one of which which i will say now is that civil war should have been 
a, a third, movie. yeah, a third Avengers movie, and then they should have had like a um, Captain America <laughs> Secret Avengers style deal. Personally, I but won't. that's you know, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a conversation yeah. for a different so, time, really. Yeah, yeah, it was an Avengers movie. It was definitely an Avengers movie. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so Bucky is atoning or, or making amends, as they call it in the show, for what he's done. And I think that's a really interesting take. He's and I'm got really... red in his ledger. <laughs> yeah. I don't say that because there was literally no mention of Widow. I'm and you would so expect these characters. It. The yeah, only thing characters. that I'm upset about is that they're robbing me of my Bucky Nat. I have been <laughs> robbed of Bucky Nat. It's one of the best... One of my favorite comic book relationships, and I'm, I've been robbed of it, and I'm very upset. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Bucky getting his therapy um, by doing his making amends stuff and actually getting therapy, uh, which I thought was quite a nice like parallel to Wonder in One Division. Um, and I'm 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 pretty sure this could be a, a really good part of the series moving forward. I I agree with that. Um, I'm glad they're doing it and they're showing uh, it doesn't seem to be going well for Bucky. He seems very antagonistic towards it. Um, <laughs> but because <laughs> that scene was actually really great. Although his therapist is a bit of a, I don't know. I, she can yeah, handle she him. Can. And, yeah, was the, did the doctor have a name at all? I, or was I, she... I, she does, but she's no one from the comics. Okay. Okay. She's new. Which kind of seems like a missed opportunity to bring in <laughs> Doc Samson. <laughs> Even if they gender swap, I'm wondering if they're going to bring Doc Samson in for something else. But I, I will say, I'm very, very glad they could have like kind of swept that all under the, under the bed. But they, they decided not to, and they're gonna, they're gonna show how, um, uh, Buck, Bucky is struggling to, uh, yeah, which I'm glad I, they're I, doing. I think that I think they need to normalize therapy. <laughs> oh no, they, they absolutely do, and these, these, oh. they, they really need to do that in these kind of shows because that kind of thing is still very much you know mental health is very much taboo uh, not discussed as well as it should be put it that way uh, and from the trailers we know that sam gets invited to join the sessions <laughs> couples counseling that's exactly what it looks like which is hilarious <laughs> but talking about bucky's uh kind of atoning and making amends we meet this guy yori i love yori he sets bucky up for a date and and but the story behind it is just so sad. I mean, I really mm-hmm. like what Bucky's doing, but surely that's killing him inside. And you kind of see that it's killing yeah. him inside. Um, yeah. Yuri just seems like one of the nicest, kindest people who gets annoyed at people using his trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like you said, Yori sets him up on a date, and yeah, yeah. How how Bucky handles that going forward is going to be interesting. Because now he's all guilt-ridden because he knows he killed this guy's son, even though he was brainwashed at the mm-hmm. time. So is he going to break this, you know, break Yuri's heart by abandoning him too, or is he going to stick around? I hope he well, sticks I, around. Yeah, I, I think that, and you know, just die inside a little bit every day. Well, I kind of hope that this series helps him at least towards atoning for and, and making amends for what he's done in the past. For, I mean, effectively, less, less, less look at his past now from 2016 to now he has done a pretty good job of uh of kind of making amends by fighting thanos and all that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. yeah i kind of just hope that this series kind of gets him to a point where he can accept that he's a different person to what he was when he was brainwashed and also um i, I want to kind of point out to um how in the going back to the scene with the therapist because it's just occurred to me how he said the only moment of peace he's had 
in all these years is that you know when he was in wakanda so he really yeah. still hasn't yeah. dealt with any of that trauma and i'm not sure i mean i hope he sticks with yori because i think it would help him in the long run but it's clearly it seems like he's just torturing himself at the moment so wasn't the suggestion when he was in wakanda that he was going to become uh is it the white wolf that's what they call yeah him. that's what they call yeah him. and um and and i'm pretty sure that's is that an actual character from the comics i can't remember but you know it, it would be nice for him to lose the winter soldier moniker i think because it's got all those connotations of being this you know he was brainwashed we know that but it was this evil dude that basically takes out high priority targets and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff so um we uh, both brought this one yep, up lynn yep. do we want to do we want to talk about bucky sleeping on the floor Talk about Bucky sleeping on the floor. Um, that was a callback to Sam and Steve's conversation in The Winter Soldier, where uh, the bed is too soft. So Bucky's bed is too soft and he sleeps on the floor. There <laughs> for Bucky. And White Wolf is real. Okay. That is a real character. Yeah. But it's not Bucky. Who is it? No. If you don't mind me asking, because I'm curious now. Real name, Hunter. Full name, unknown. <laughs> Good name. <laughs> good, good name. And also, um, I would just like to point out that Bucky uh, had tried internet dating, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh god, I can just imagine that like right? Tinder swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. <laughs> right? Oh no, left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, I... We just need a we just need a brief episode, just him on his iPhone, just on Tinder or something. That'd be even if it's just like a little end credit scene. That does nothing to further the plot of the the show. I'm okay yeah. with it. I want to see Bucky. Bucky speed yes, dating. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want oh to see. god! <laughs> just literally end of literally the end of episode six. Like the the post credit scene is just Sam and Bucky going to a, a speed dating. Right. And also, um, how... yelling at each other from across <laughs> right? the tables. Um, but also, um, how old fashioned Bucky is. He he doesn't. You know he, when he. Where she's like, how old are you? And he says, a hundred and six, or at least that's what it feels like, because he, he's just so old-fashioned. And there are some things about Bucky, I feel that he's more up-to-date on things than Steve is, but in other things, he's just as old-fashioned as Steve, and I think yeah. that's fantastic. It's, pro- it's probably, you know, it, it goes back to him being that the Winter Soldier for however many decades, yeah. and, and Steve then being yeah. nice and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He'd been thawed yeah. for longer than Steve. Yeah. Um, I think there are things because of what what Bucky had to do that he's a little bit more a little more up to date than Steve is. But yeah, my my brain just keeps taking me back to that scene with him and Yori in the hallway of yeah. his uh, apartment building, and it's just like it's just really sad because I, I I don't want him just to abandon Yori. No, I don't. I really don't. I don't either. Yeah. I think he needs to to come clean and tell him what happened. And yeah, because it, it... although I'm not sure it would go well. I don't think it would go well, but at least it would give him some Closure. ability. Like, give it would give Yori the ability to understand what his past was, right? And and give uh, Yori closure about what happened. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I guess uh, I mean that that was pretty much the bulk of the Winter Soldier stuff, and then you kind of have the whole TV show skirt back to Sam as well, and Sam is trying to help his family out, and again, it's another sad plot point because the blip has had such far-reaching consequences that, you know, spe- the, the people that survived the blip and were still around during those five years, they were getting used to having half of the population uh, not there. And then 
they've now spent the best part of let's say six months, let's call it, of having them back. And it's like there must be so many far reaching consequences and effects that we haven't thought of yet. Oh yeah. Um and but, I I sit there and I go like I look back at Endgame and at some point I'm like, I know the Avengers wanted to bring these people back, but at the same time it's they're going, Mmm, you guys didn't quite think it through enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe but the the bank scene was a bit Oh, it pissed me off so hard. Uh, that is a good example of racism. Racial bias in lending is a huge problem. I think I read that black home buyers are denied mortgages at a rate eighty percent higher than oh white God. home buyers. Jesus. Holy shit. Yeah. I, That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's just and then you know the dude wants selfies. Right. And he expects and then re- rejects them. I'm like yeah, no. And then and, and, and then, then Sam Sam knows sister. he he qualifies for this loan, but they're like, Well, you haven't been around for five years, so you can't prove you worked. So no. And I'm like, that's some Heck. bullshit. Oh. Yeah, and it, it's it's Sam's yeah, Sam's you know, fifty percent of the population hasn't been around for five years. Right. And and Sam's sister literally she commented, you know, it's funny how things seem to uh, change around us or situations change around us and it's 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 a fair comment and i think that uh just uh like i said the racial bias in lending and not just in lending just in the globe at the, at the moment is just it needs to end it really needs to end mm-hmm. i really like sam's sister though i would like yep. to see more of her she's she's good she's no nonsense i like her no silly question about sam's sister hmm? it would, was she younger or older than sam before the blip younger i think because She's technically older now yeah because it kind of yeah. it had that feeling that um you know she she went from being the younger sister to being the older sister because the way that she had to deal with stuff and the way she had to like cope yeah right and um it, it all goes back to the whole the far-reaching consequences of of half the population disappearing for five years right um it's, it's just yeah it's also, very strange um i think uh this shows that they changed sam's um origin a little bit because i think he's normally from harlem and now they have him from louisiana which is where anthony mackie is from yeah again i think it kind of it really adds to the mcu character i think so um obviously being from you know louisiana deep south and all that sort of stuff it's 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 good um but on that note on the uh you know, d- difficult things that have happened during those five years. Uh, Maga, Maga Cap uh, appears. Uh, and God. You know that scene in Civil War where Iron Man goes to Cap, I want to punch you in your perfect mouth. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's basically... Yeah, but this, he doesn't have... That's, <laughs> like, you know, it's been bothering me because I, I, I'm looking at him and I'm like, what makes his face so punchable? It's everything. I mean, it's not... It can't, it's, it's not everything. It's not just that it's not cap you know is it the helmet yeah like the brow and is more pronounced it's so it kind his of... nose down and it is yeah that that tight lip smile that reminds me of a, a quote from moonstruck yeah i don't like his face i don't like his lips when he smiles you can't see his teeth what is he hiding it's it's also it reminds me of that kid from the christmas story that was in line with ralphie and they've got the aviator hat on. Oh, Do you know what I'm God. talking about? I, I like the Tin Man. Exactly. It reminds that kid. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. And you just want to shake that kid. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kid's kind of terrifying. It was really good acting, but like, 
that's that's what it kind of reminds me of is how the head fits and how yeah just oh do you know the, i don't really want to you know, why russell Wyatt Russell is an amazing actor to elicit that kind of reaction just by standing there. I yes. I, I I feel really bad for Wyatt Russell because he's like going to be the most hated man on Twitter over the next few oh, weeks. Oh, I know, man. and it's and and the young he's, he's already worried about it. If you've seen the interview, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I haven't noticed, but like, and it's and and here's the problem: is that some some fans can't differentiate between the actor and the character they play. So yeah. I can see why he's worried. Um. But also, I don't want to shake children, but that's just <laughs> feeling that I want. I, like, I'm just like, ah! But, uh, yeah. I just, I... The, the, I... the, the really, the silly thing is, when I when I first saw... Uh, I'm gonna, we, I guess we're going to call him Mug Cap from now on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was the fact that his face... We're not calling him Captain America. No, he's definitely he not Captain America. He's not Captain America. But <laughs> and he's not U.S. agent yet. No. He's he, not he's, even, I don't even know if he deserves that. <laughs> He's he's more, in my opinion. He, I wonder if they're going down, and it's not a, it's not a theory or anything. But I wonder if they're going down the whole whole um, super patriot thing, which when was when he was in league with mm. the flag smashers or flag oh, smasher. Mm-hmm. That would be a quite interesting uh, route. But um, yeah, his his face shape, his face shape when he came up was uh, just reminded me of Popeye. <laughs> like, it's it's I am it's, what it's, I am. it's just the way that he's kind of like it, the the hat sort of like squashes his face a little bit, and uh, then you just get like he's he's got a really pronounced like not pronounced but he's got a really like chiseled chin that just seems to get squashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I just think the the costume team was told to make him look as very horrible as not cap like as they possibly could make him. Yeah, and then he was direction his art director his director was probably like come out and just look like a douche. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what he did. And and cut and and he's Kurt Russell's son. Um, and uh, the last last thing I've seen him in was in Playtest episode of Black Mirror. And I thought he was a really good actor, and he's he's got that kind of like arrogant style about him that's really good, um, and he's he's able to play that up really well. Uh, I think he's going to do an excellent job. Yeah. And it also can, kind of confirms um, there's in the trailers there's that football game scene, so we all you know know who that is now. I mean, we kind of all knew before that, but now we really know. Yeah, and it doesn't. It's not a good look. On, on, <laughs> no. But it's it's an interesting time actually because um, obviously we have all like this changeover in in heroes. You know, you've got John Walker playing, you know, John Walker as Captain America, and and you're going to have potentially Falcon come in and, and take the uh, take the mantle of Captain America at some point. Um, and it's interesting because I wonder how they're going to portray this kind of like shift of dynamic in like Thor or with um, you know Doctor Strange. And Carol and uh, whoever else becoming like the big three of of the Avengers, and I, I really do wonder how Marvel are going to play through this kind of like power shift. Um, it's going to be a really interesting. Watch, I think. I'm very excited to find out. Um, I know for the next Thor movie, we're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy in it too, because that's who Thor's traveling with at the moment. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. We're also getting Jane Foster, so exactly is she like, going yeah. so. The ladies are ruling the roost, man. They're they're coming. <laughs> but it is just, yeah, it just it just intrigues me on how this whole power shift is going to kind of play out. And by uh, and, and kind of going back to Sam as Captain America, and you remember when those comic books started coming out, and and the 
the real kind of visceral reaction oh, that the fan pissed. base had. Yeah, and, and and that's what I really don't want. I the wasn't. TV shows I thought it was there. really good. Yeah, and I think no, I, I I think we all did. Yeah. I think it was a certain part of the internet that didn't, and um, and Twitter amplifies and, that, of course. But yes, and I think uh, I think there's going to be a similar reaction from a certain set of people again, and um, which really I think makes this series even all the more important in the yeah. long run. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait for the rest of it. I think it's going to be very much in the same vein as the Witness Soldier movie, and really looking forward to it. Um, so I. I- Okay. Um. So here's my question, guys. They say Cap is gone, but do you think they mean he's dead, or do you just think he means like? Oh, uh, he. I think only the Avengers know that old Cap is Steve Rogers. Yeah. So he's, as far as the world is concerned, Steve is gone. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just hoping he shows up on She-Hulk. I hope so, we so can have too. I really want that. Old scene. Cap getting sued. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what i want and i hope that it's going to be she hulk versus daredevil in that scene like it is in the comics because that needs to happen although i you know that's a pipe dream but one can dream anyway <laughs> i do like because i do like if you're gonna if you're gonna have old cap getting sued then you need to have the the matt murdoch jen walter showdown in the courtroom too because how could you not i'm sorry just how could you not I um I really liked the uh, the conspiracy theory within the TV show, <laughs> the fact that like oh is, is Cap on a secret base on the moon? Then it's like no, no. yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 and he's gonna go do moon stuff. Um, yeah. I also want to point out that the flag smashers all seem to be enhanced, so um like Bucky is. So I think that's something well, important. Yeah, I mean we don't know where yep. Zemo comes into this, so you know right. But but Zemo is also very he's a bit anti-government and all that sort of stuff so i do wonder if he's teaming up with the flag smashers or what yeah i I don't know i found what i found really interesting about this is that we didn't have bucky and sam meet up in this episode yet and uh from the teasers it looks like they're bringing in sharon who they've been really quiet with about in the promos you have not heard much about sharon and i hope it means that something big is going to happen with her because she deserves her due yeah apparently she uh i mean her character hasn't had any sort of um Obviously, she hasn't had any airtime since Steve went, so it'd be nice for her to actually get some uh, closure on all of that because, you know, she was meant to be in Civil War, and then, you know... <laughs> she was, but not much. because yeah. people... She's barely been in the movies at all. Yeah, she yeah, was meant to be a really big because... part of Civil War, and then, obviously, and, yeah. uh, the, the Black Panther and, and um, Spider-Man became a part of it, and they basically cut her role for the most part. So, Falcon Winter Soldier, Episode 1. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rate it 5 out of 5, Lockjaws. Or we need it. We need a new way of measuring. Oh, yeah. What, what are we gonna? How are we gonna measure this? Uh, five out of five red wings. Red wings. Red wings. Yes, red wings. Good idea. Five out of five red wings. So yeah, if you want to get into contact with us, you know, send us your thoughts on Falcon Winter Soldier or any random questions, anything like that. Please do get in touch. Uh, our email address is the show at atalanrising.com and our Twitter is atalan at atalanrising one. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll answer your questions on the show. So thank you for listening and uh, see you next episode.